I love that, you know, in this week's subject, we're dealing with slapping people. Like, not slapping people, a slapping people. <laughs> a slapping people. Gone slapping. We don't need to talk any more about this. The internet has already done it for us. Guys, sorry, you're two weeks ahead. Or we're two weeks ahead of you. But that just happened, and let me tell you, I want to get off. <laughs> Y'all have too many opinions! <laughs> and you know what? Here's the only opinion. Shouldn't have happened. It did. <laughs> That's the only opinion. None of it. None of it should have happened. No one's right, guys. <laughs> and you're all obsessed! <laughs> and I don't get it. And I don't get it at all. The frog's already dead. <laughs> Quit dissecting it, you know? Hide. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where OMG stands for Oh My Gord. I'm Carrie. I'm Roz. And this... <laughs> I know you hated that. <laughs> I know you hated that By joke. Gratha's hammer. <laughs> what a save. <laughs> but guys, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week, we are covering the 2002 Big Idea Veggie Tales production, <laughs> Jonah, a Veggie Tales movie. <laughs> Guys, it's going to be a good time today. VeggieTales is one of our favorite franchises. Listen, we have had VeggieTales from the beginning. Remember the Bible tapes that mom would lull us to sleep with in the car? Oh, yeah. And then all of the VeggieTales videos we had for the VHS. And guys, we watched this in like Bible school. Like when the Bible te- when the Bible school teacher was hungover, this is what we would watch. By the way, anything VeggieTales after 2003? No. No, and yeah. Jonah's kind of the end of good VeggieTales, you know? Know what I mean? For real. Like everything after that, Minnesota cuke. You remember that? <laughs> yes, I the do. Indiana Jones themed cucumber hero. Or like the Lord of the Beans or whatever it was. What was going on? <laughs> you know what? Lord of the Rings was hot then, so. It was. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at KickNStream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at KickingAndStreamingPodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And folks, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little watch party. And speaking of little watch parties, are y'all a little onion at the five you yet? Gotta be, you gotta be little onions at the five at this point, right? Yeah, guys, we're gonna. if you love VeggieTales, we're going to be covering VeggieTales in more detail on the Patreon this month. In April, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. I'm so excited. All right, you ready to get into the crisper? I, uh, oh, she's got <laughs> jokes. You're fired. I haven't done one of those in a while. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, name the town. I'll be on my way in the morning. What? Nineveh? You don't want me to go there. In a land of mystery. Nineveh! It's the other end of the world! <laughs> In a town full of troubles. Nineveh, the biggest, meanest city around. Don't people do not know right from wrong? It's up to one reluctant asparagus. You are a Jonah! You are a big shot! <laughs> I have the Jonah plush toy. With the help of some fearless friends. We are the pirates who don't do anything. Oh, you know that's right. Nothing. Zilch. Nada. Oh, lovely. To go where no vegetable has dared to go. We got trouble! You're... you're... Fish food! 
Big Idea Productions presents Archibald Asparagus, Bob the Tomato, Larry the Cucumber, Perhaps I can be of assistance. Oops. And introducing a caterpillar named Khalil. That is only half true. My mother was a caterpillar, my father was a worm. But I am okay with that now. They may be fresh. They're fresh when we cut them. They may be feisty. Didn't I tell you to get off my ship, you lousy leaf eater? But soon, they may be lunch. Jonah, a VeggieTales movie. This fall, only in theaters. It is very delightful, but I must go now. This was released on your 10th birthday. Was it really? August 14th, 2002. You know, bud, I do remember seeing this in the theater. You know, that's exa- I have that in my notes. I'm like, I remember going to the theater. Little six-year-old me going to the theater. I was actually still five. Yeah. I hadn't turned six yet. No, you hadn't. And oh my goodness, it was so much fun. <laughs> because we loved it. Like, we were so nuts about the VeggieTales. We were always singing the silly songs with Larry. We were always popping in those VHSs over and over again. I love the one that was most pertinent to me. It's not my fave, but the one that was most pertinent to my own sins, air quote, <laughs> was um, Larry Boy and the Thing from Outer Space. Oh, and yeah. And the Fib from Outer Space. The Fib from Outer Space. Because I was a little fibber. You were a little fibber. I would pathologically lie about everything. Because you were afraid of retribution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I but... Talk about the trauma. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, and so, yeah, VeggieTales has always been... An important cornerstone of our childhood, even though we weren't really raised as Christians. No, we went to we went to a Methodist church with our great grandparents on the weekends. But like, yeah, it depended. That on- was a begrudging task for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah, it really just depended on which grandparent had us, right? Right. Yeah. No. Which particular branch of Christianity we went to that Sunday? We didn't want to get up. You only get half a stick of gum because if you chew a whole one, you're gonna make noise. <laughs> Thank God I got to go to Sunday school. Oh, my great-grandmother had this thing where if you were being too noisy during the sermon, she would grip your knee your knee with her long nail talons. Yeah. And all I would think about in those times is, oh, God, what I wouldn't give to be watching VeggieTales <laughs> right, right. with the younger kids right now. That's how I feel the Lord. <laughs> through VeggieTales. Through the, through the VeggieTales. My fave VeggieTales is King George and the Ducky. I love that one. What's your fave? I mean, I really remember liking Esther. What even was Esther? I don't really remember, actually. Sometimes the vegetable is obscure, like, from character to character. It's like, okay, you're a green stalk, but what exactly are you? She's a green stalk in a wig. I don't know. (laughs) She could have been anything from a leek to a head of asparagus. I have no idea. But, like, that one was about a lady. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I like that one so much. You don't hear about too many, you know, you don't hear about too many prolific female characters from the Bible. No, (laughs) or... In veggie tales. And if you do, they're being subservient to men in some way. Mm. Anyways. So, guys, we won't focus too much on all the background of the actual show. We'll do that more for you on the Patreon. Go over to Patreon. Sign up to be a little onion at the five. <laughs> We'd love to have you. Yeah. Um, but we do need to talk about our wonderful creators here today. And I say wonderful just because of the content, not necessarily how they are politically.
quickly. Uh, yeah. We've got Phil Vischer and Mike Naraki. They are the creators of VeggieTales. Um, you know, Phil Vischer and his family live just a state over. <laughs> Do they really? They live about 25 miles west of Chicago. So <laughs> oh, if we okay. want to go visit Phil, and just be like, thanks for Bob. <laughs> just show up at his house and be like, thanks for that tomato. Yeah, we appreciate it. <laughs> really made our childhoods better. But Vischer and Naraki are behind Big Idea Productions, which is the production company that, of course, creates VeggieTales. They also uh, have a collaborator named Tim Hodge. He is notable for his work uh, on Disney projects as an animator, mm-hmm. uh, like specifically like Mulan, John Henry. Oh, yeah. John Dis- Henry. John Henry. John Henry was a mighty man. Oh, I love that. Born with a hammer. Born with a hammer. Born with a hammer stuck in his hand. I love that so much. And Brother Bear. Yeah, Brother Bear's so rad. Where's my Moranissance? <laughs> Sorry. Obscure reference. But <laughs> Phil Vischer voices most of the VeggieTales characters. He's the Billy West of this whole franchise. He really is. He In this movie specifically, Phil Vischer is voicing Bob the Tomato, <laughs> Archibald Asparagus as Jonah and Twippo. <laughs> yes. Mr. Lunt, who I've never understood what vegetable Mr. Lunt is. He's a Lunt. He's a gourd. He's a gourd? He's a, he's a decorative gourd. I thought he was like a legume or something Me, like that. I've never really known. <laughs> he voices Paw Grape. That's right. He voices Mr. Nezer on the show. <laughs> he voices Apollo Gourd, who is Mr. Twisty in this. <gasps> the really big gourd. Exactly. King Twistonomer. <laughs> he voices Jimmy Gourd. And Philippe and Percy P. But not Jerry Gord. No, not Jerry Gord. Jerry Gord is Mike Naraki. I love Jimmy and Jerry Gord. But more notably, Mike Naraki is Larry the Cucumber. We all love Larry. And he's the other half of the P, the French P duo, which is Jean-Claude P. <laughs> and his brother Philippe. Uh, Tim Hodge is voicing Khalil today, a caterpillar, who we will talk about all about. Yeah, no, we're not going to breeze over that. We are going to talk about the caterpillar when it crawls up, so to speak. Junior Asparagus is voiced by Elisa Fisher, both in this movie and in the show. She is Phil Vischer's wife. Aww. And uh, we've got Dan Anderson, Kristen Belgen, Shel- and Shelby Vischer also joining us in the cast today. <laughs> um, this movie's soundtrack actually did better commercially than the actual film. You've got to be kidding I'm me. I'm not kidding. No. <laughs> With hits such as Billy Joe McGuffrey, um, <laughs> The Pirates That Don't Do Anything, Ball Bunny, Steak and Shrimp, Message from the Lord, Second Chances, Jonah Was a Prophet, and In the Belly of the Whale. <laughs> That's a bop! Newsboys. I've never heard of that band before in my life. You know, it only made $11 million. You say only. Only $11 million. <laughs> 11.6. How about that? That's fine. I know. It was a good time, though. It was a good time. I, this is one of my first film-going experiences that I can, like, remember. I know. And, like, it was cool for me because, like, the pirates who don't do anything, like, as a bit. Yeah. That's ha- that's in the show. Yeah, that's a bit from the show. And it had already been a repeating bit for a while. And then they were going to be in the movie. And then that was, like, a big damn deal for me as a kid. You ready to talk about this? <laughs> Are we going to go about- into the crisper, as you say? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, th- this story is drawing from the book of Jonah, from the good old, what's it called? The Bible. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Jonah gets his own book. He's the only character this month who gets his own book. I'm going to say this, and you're not going to do the thing, okay? <laughs> what thing? You know what thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Jonah was a prophet. Mm. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> I really... It's like what Andy Bernard said. He's like, I feel like I held in a sneeze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jonah was a prophet. Good job. 
prophet. He was a prophet of the Lord God, of the of the God of the Israelites. He's a Hebrew himself. This mostly takes place in Israel, but also throughout the Mediterranean. When the big idea logo comes up, but it's turned around. <laughs> it's backwards. And then they have to turn it around. I love it when Bob squeezes through the, the through the D <laughs> on idea. <laughs> I'm like, big idea productions, you go off. And I, whenever, when that comes up, you think, when, I, when you first start the movie, you're like, oh God, I hope they sing the theme song. But they don't. But they don't. We go right into the movie. And I love the animation. For 2002, it's pretty great. Yeah. And th- this was like more, like, if you think of the animation in Where's God When I'm Scared? Yeah. Which is like the first VeggieTales episode. <laughs> which is like. The quality, of course, it's very 1993. Oh, and boy. It's, very, it's much lower than this of the movie. So it's nice to see the evolution that VeggieTales has gone on throughout the 90s. But we're, it looks like we're traveling through the hills of Oregon. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Or something. But we're somewhere out on the wide open road. We've got Bob piloting this. It's, it looks like a, a VW a VW Peace van or whatever. And, you know, Dad Asparagus, who doesn't have a name. It's his, just Junior's dad. Junior's dad. His name is literally Dad Asparagus. <laughs> He's in the passenger seat with a guitar. And not helping not, Bob at all. No. And uh, we've got Laura Carrot sitting behind him. We've got Junior Asparagus, of course. And we've also got Percy P. and Annie Onion. Is she an onion? That's exactly, because like halfway down here, my note is like, what the fuck is Annie? <laughs> She's just a green stalk with brown hair. <laughs> and it turns out that Annie, who is also from Madame Blueberry. Yes, she is. She is, he and her parents are onions. Aww, They're wild onions. That's so cute. And I love that. Not Billy Joe McGuffrey. Oh no, I love this because <laughs> they're on their way to a Twippo concert, right? Yeah, Twippo is hot to trot in the veggie world. Like, there's so many examples of what he's obviously a reference to. Like, all these children's entertainers. Yeah. You know, like the Wiggles. Yeah, yeah. Who just write these nonsense songs to keep kids occupied in the car. And I actually kind of like the ballad of Billy Joe McGuffrey. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say it with me. <laughs> oh, Billy Joe McGuffrey was a really Need a first aid in the first grade. You pay attention more than I do. There's no way I could retain that. <laughs> Bob is looking for Route 59 and is hella annoyed. Oh yeah, because he's driving and looking at a map at the same time. And everyone else is singing and not helping, especially Dad Asparagus, who's on the guitar. Like, guys, if you've never seen VeggieTales before, I cannot understate this enough. They don't have hands. I th- okay, the way that the the way in the VeggieTales universe things just float beside them like they're ghostly, <laughs> or like they're they have the pa- maybe it's the power of the Lord <laughs> that allows them to have invisible limbs to carry shit around. Oh my God. Laura's got Bic Dig energy. Bic Dig. <laughs> because she's the only one of the kids with a special VIP pass to meet Twippo. I'm going to meet Twippo. And Laura just cannot stop bragging about it. Junior's over it. Let's do another Twippo song. I love Twippo. Me too. But I'm the only one who gets to meet him because I won the Twippo sweepstakes. You don't have to rub it in. It's great that you won the contest, Laura, but let's try not to brag about it. Is there anything you want me to tell Twippo when I meet him? Laura! Wait a 
goes flying out the window. Uh-huh. And, like, the incident with the ticket has caused this situation where the neck of the guitar is lodged in the steering wheel, and now we can't steer. I know. And there's a family of porcupines in the road, a mom and two babies. Dad Asparagus pulls the wheel out of the dash. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, I love Bob. Those porcupines are so cute, by the way. Oh, I know. Mama Porcupine has no time for their shit. I wrote Ermagerd Porcupine. <laughs> she blows out their tires with one of her spines. Mama Porcupine don't give a shit. Oh, I was like, that's so metal. Absolutely. <laughs> and then they go off-road. They've already been off-road because Dad Asparagus and the kids are confusing Bob. And, like, they are hurling towards the riverbank. This pair of polka-dotted underpants is the only thing that is keeping them from crashing down the rest of this slope into a ravining river. They're, like, suspended against the clothing line. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that's over. Did you say something? Oh, dear. God, there's a stump right there, right? Oh, they crash right into it. And they, I love Bob hops out. Well, nobody got hurt. And immediately, that mother porcupine shoots him in the back. <laughs> well, but, and nobody got hurt. It's like, that'll teach you to mess with me. Oh, my God. And then in the distance, <laughs> down the river, Junior notices a wharf with, with a building on it and a gigantic gigantic fucking pirate ship parked next to it. <laughs> it's like a seafood restaurant. Hopefully, back in 2002, there's going to be a payphone there, right? Right. So they can call a tow truck. And, like, they go into this restaurant. This restaurant is empty. And <laughs> everybody's mad. The kids are mad they're going to miss the concert. The adults are mad that they've broken down. And he just has to go to the bathroom. Oh, I know. She reminds me of Tina Belcher. She does just a little, little bit. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Bob is so done. Two flat tires! <laughs> you know, I'm usually not that clumsy in the car. Two flat tires! Usually I'm quite dexterous. How in the world are we going to change two flat tires? Where's the phone? I lost my ticket. If you hadn't been teasing me with it, we wouldn't be in this mess, Laura. Junior just goes off on Laura. Can I just be honest? What? I'm on Junior's side. <laughs> You're on Junior's okay, side? You know what? I understand that I'm going to learn better by the end of the movie. Yeah. But... <laughs> you are literally the target audience right now. You know what I love? May <clears throat> we help you? Oh, God. Now we have to talk about the French peas. The French peas. <laughs> Ross literally wrote the French peas. <laughs> and like the French peas try to sit them down in a booth. And guys, they have their own theme music. Oh my God. This. In the meantime, would you like to have a seat? Maybe enjoy a nice combo platter? Steak, steak, eat it, eat it, shrimp, shrimp, need it, need it, steak and shrimp, steak and shrimp, nito, nito, eat it, eat it. Oh, ah, ah. And makes me howl. And I... then, <laughs> fully 
Steve goes, would you prefer poking or non-poking? Because Bob's still got a porcupine spine in his back. <laughs> None. <laughs> this movie's so stupid. And we haven't even gotten to the Bible story I yet. know, I know. <laughs> and then they get on sat down. Bob goes to call a tow. For the for the for the van, and so it's just like Junior at the table, right? Yeah. We are the pirates who don't do anything. We just stay home and lie around. You hear that, guys? <laughs> They're here. We get to meet the pirates who don't do anything, and they, quite literally, they, they just stay home and lie around. And if you ask them to do anything they'll just tell you we don't do anything <laughs> which really is the best way to be a pirate it pretty much sums it up <laughs> and like guys if you don't know the pirates who don't do anything are larry the cucumber pa grape and mr lunt exactly who is a gourd i'm just learning yeah i know right i thought he was an onion or something like a golden onion i don't know but he's a decorative gourd and junior is looking at the menu seeing the prices of all the food and at the bottom of the menu is this item that's just called compassion at market price that's a fish joke that's so funny i love that so much compassion is literally on the menu and this whole time junior thinks laura deserves this yeah laura th- junior thinks laura is deserving of this shitty feeling she has for trying to be all high and mighty above the rest because she got the special vip ticket but she doesn't have it anymore and she's mad about it and junior's happy about that and i'm not gonna lie i kind of am too but junior is devoid of what ross compassion in this <laughs> moment. Sonny, can I call you Sonny? Junior. Eh, pretty close. Look, uh, Junior, we couldn't help but notice you were having a little thing with your friend over there. Yeah, you weren't being very nice. Well, it's her own fault. She was teasing me and now she's getting what she deserves. Right. The pirates are going to tell us the story about how they accidentally participated in the biblical story of Jonah. Never mind that the first part of this movie obviously took place in 2002, like present day, right? We're going back to ancient Israel. <laughs> they were there. Are they? Are they? The pirates have been doing nothing for <laughs> so long that it has allowed them to outlive the millennia. <laughs> Just literal millennia. They've been doing nothing. <laughs> I should be so lucky. My first note about going into the story of Jonah is there are still sweepstakes in ancient Israel? Oh, no. Capitalism is still alive and well in the ancient Middle East. Here's the thing. When we go back into the Bible, we learn that the pirates who don't do anything are having trouble finding work to support their Mr. Twisty's Twisted Cheese Curl habit. Yes. <laughs> like, this is serious for them. They love Mr. Twisty's Twisted Cheese Curls. What a tongue twister. I know. <laughs> and they love their root beer. And they're demanding from Mr. Nezer, who's working this ancient Israeli bar. <laughs> I told you, boys, no more cheese curls until you pay your tab. You still owe me from last week. But you'll take away our chance to win the Mr. Twisty's Twisted Cheese Curl sweepstakes. Coming in. Inside one of those bags of cheesy goodness is a golden ticket that'll change our lives forever. <laughs> Mr. Twisty loves their money. Oh, yeah. Oh, he loves their money so much. Like, they're running like a Willy Wonka style contest. Yeah, exactly. For Mr. Twisty. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to buy more 
cheese curls so they can win this contest. So they're in the land of the Israelites, and uh, a bit, you know, farther inland, there is this very corrupt, awful, evil city known as Nineveh. Mm. Nineveh is a real place. Um, <laughs> ISIS basically leveled Nineveh. Oh, no. Like eight years ago. Shit. And so many vital ancient historical artifacts were lost. They literally leveled whole museums. Oh, that's horrible. Filled with shit from biblical times. Oh, my God. To just literally erase that part of the culture. Oh, that's horrible. So that they could rule. So, you know, because this is a movie for children about vegetables, we can't be too explicit, you know? So what have they done with the narrative, Ross, to make it a little more palatable? To eliminate all of the raping and pillaging and thievery that the Ninevites engage in, we're just changing it to slapping people with fish. Are these fish fresh? You bet! Oh, yeah! Ugh. Right! They were fresh when we cut them! That's right! Two weeks ago! Ninevites. I love that the French peas are still here. They will come back in the most hilarious way. Oh, yeah, they sure will. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) But, um, again, I have written down, Jonah was a prophet. Good job. Good job. He was the most famous prophet in the world of the Lord. His letters came straight from God. Yeah. Who else does that sound like? Oh, Joseph Smith. Oh, Oh. fucking Moses. Yeah. Oh, Joseph. Now, Jonah was a prophet of God, which means he was one of the very special people God used to deliver messages to Israel. He was kind of like a mailman, except his letters came straight from God. Jonah rides around on a British camel named Reginald. I love Reginald. also has a monocle. Yes, he does. Because Archibald Asparagus, with his little monocle, is playing Jonah today. Archie is just, he's very posh. He thinks very high of himself. He thinks he's the smartest one here. Do you know what veggie you'd be if you were in VeggieTales? What? I do. Which is that? I'm a bell pepper. You're a bell pepper? Absolutely. I've never thought about that before. I think I'd be an eggplant. Oh my God. Where's the eggplant representation in VeggieTales? <laughs> They'll never do it. They're cowards and you want to know why? Why? Because all eggplants are associated with penises now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my God. But I'm not like, you know, one of the right bell peppers just sitting in the crisper. I'm one of the four you have to buy in a bag. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Anyway. So Jonah's here. He's got, guess what? A message from the Lord. Oh, God. This takes us into a message from the Lord. I lit- When this started happening, I literally, gr- and I couldn't believe myself, I grabbed my forehead and said, oh, I forgot about all the other singing. Because <laughs> we just like the one song from this show, right? Yeah. Be a friend. Say your prayers. Heaven loves a heart that cares. That is why I've come to share a message from the Lord. And if you follow God's commands, there will be peace throughout the land. You will live long and happy lives. Just do what God commands and he will reward you, right? Exactly. And, like, I do like throughout this number, like you said, we have Jimmy Gord playing an actual mailman just trying to deliver messages to people. But we can't be bothered because we're all listening to Jonah. God bless postal carriers. I think it actually says in the book of Jonah, beware the mailman. (laughs) 
when this whole scene, this whole musical number starts happening, I literally went on a rant, an all capital rant in my notes. He's showing it to me in his notes. I said, are these veggies, white people dressed up as veggies who are dressed up as ancient Israelites? Because... Everyone looks like they're in the Arab world. Even the buildings look like they're in the Arab world or in the Levant. But still, there's a modern-day mailman and milkman (laughs) in this community. It's a kid's show. Where and how and when are we? (laughs) That's the magic of VeggieTales, baby. This song is insane. My favorite lyric in this song is, don't do drugs, stay in school. (laughs) Don't do drugs, stay in school. This is That night, Jonah's getting a new message from the Lord. Oh yeah, now we're doing the biblical version of checking our email. So like, when he's sitting there talking, like, supposedly talking to himself, but apparently God is beaming the words directly into his head. He's praying, Roz. This is always how I imagined talking to God. (laughs) <laughs> like out loud like when mom and dad or like grandma and grandpa would like encourage us to pray like I would be like okay talk to God but like I would never want to do it in front of anybody I felt silly prayer is a private thing I felt kind of stupid doing it around other people because you thought you were just supposed to talk to the nothing yeah and I always thought of it as talking to myself a new message uh, yes what's that people being unkind lying <gasps> Stealing? Oh, dear. All right, name the town. I'll be on my way first thing in the morning. What? Nineveh? I'm not aware of any Ninevehs in Israel. Uh, No, I don't think... uh... Oh, you mean that, Nineveh? Nineveh is the Assyrian capital. Yeah. Yeah. And like he said, it's full of people who are lying, cheating, stealing, slapping each other with fishes. They lied. They stole. They slapped people with fishes. (laughs) They didn't know the difference between right and wrong. Assyrians and Israelites don't get along. Yeah, no. This is supposed to be the place we all fear, right? And God wants Jonah to give Nineveh a message of compassion. That Nineveh? God creative Nineveh, Jonah. Yeah, for real. If we're believing in the all-powerful, absolutist God, he created the Ninevites. Yeah, but Jonah cannot cope. No, (laughs) it cannot be. No, yeah. (laughs) We get another song. No, it cannot be. Your messages are meant for me and my brothers. We are your chosen people. Nineveh? Well, they're not. Jonah does not believe that the messages he receives from God are meant for heathens like the Ninevites. (laughs) This is very Bev Keating. Uh, yeah. Why doesn't God love me and only me? Right? And lo- why does he have to love all the bad people? It's like, that's, it's like that scene in Mad Men where Peggy's crying and she's like, I do my job. I follow the rules. And people hate me. Yeah. You know? It's, it, pe- people who are not good walk around doing whatever they want. It's not fair. Oh, my God. That is Jonah right now. It's big time gatekeeping, right? <laughs> God loves everybody, not just you, Jonah. We're your chosen people. Yeah. You're not supposed to be looking out for them. And God's, like, quietly being like, Jonah, <laughs> I love everybody, yeah. okay? We're the good guys and they're the bad Guys, please don't send me there with a message of your mercy. No, 
ask us all Jerusalem, I'll be there in a minute. Any town in Israel, just ask me, I'll be in it. Shiloh, Gilgal, Jericho, just say the word. But Nineveh, that is just absurd. Yeah, so he can't deal with this. He decides, screw it, I'm not going to Nineveh. Nineveh is where I draw the line. (laughs) I will not bring those bad people the message of God, because not only are the messages a holy thing, but they kind of make me special. Exactly. God. Anyway, it looks like God wanted to offer mercy to the Ninevites. What's Laura just walks up. What's mercy? Yeah, now we have to explain how compassion and mercy are intertwined, right? Compassion and mercy are both now on the menu and come at market price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the mercy just <laughs> appeared on the menu. It's a magic menu. It's a magic menu. It updates. <laughs> it does. <laughs> a precursor of what was to come. Oh. Oh, because now you just scan your menu. Pre-COVID times, right? When, I know. When there were menus. When there were menus. <laughs> Jesus. Back when there were menus. Oh, silly grandpa. He doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Compassion is when you want to help someone who needs help. Mercy is when you give someone a second chance, even if they don't deserve it. This story is about both of them. That's right, my cucumber friend. You can't have Moisey without compassion, but Moisey is even more important. Jonah was afraid God was going to give Nineveh a second chance and that he was going to help them even though they didn't deserve it. So he's uh, locking up his tent in the morning. He's going to sneak away and not follow God's plan. And uh, good morning, Jonah. What's the word? (laughs) And the way he is running out of hopping. Yeah. The way he is hopping because they hop. They don't run. They don't have legs. They're veggies. The way he is hopping for his life out of town, and he's like, I'm definitely not ignoring God, and I'm definitely not not going to Nineveh. (laughs) Jonah decides that instead of going to Nineveh, he's going to go in the exact opposite direction. To Tarshish! The other end of the world! It's literally just in Spain. Yeah, it's... (laughs) When, When Spain was the other end of the world? Yeah, I know. Can you imagine? And this is where the pirates who don't do anything come back into play. Hold on, hold on. Before you move on. Oh, okay. I'm what's sorry. with the 19th century Scottish carrot selling tours of the <laughs> Mediterranean in ancient Israel? Tarshish? Why, that would take weeks. It's the other end of the world. Perfect. How much? Even if you had the money, no one around here has the time to sail all the way to Tarshi. If they've been doing nothing for so long, how'd they get that ship? <laughs> that ship. When Mary was watching it with me, she was like, that ship is so fucking big, dude. I was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they're doing it. Here's the thing. Seriously, they're the only sailors who have time to go to the, quote, other end of the world. And Jonah can afford to pay them handsomely. So that's how they get involved in this story. Also, they've never sailed before. They have never sailed before. They hit no less than two ships on the way out of this harbor. No wonder Jonah got swallowed by the whale. I wrote, and we're annoying. So Jonah is fatigued, decides he'll go below deck to catch some Z's. (laughs) 
And he, uh, he makes a pillow out of a bag of Mr. Twisty's Twisted Cheese Curls. Oh, yeah, he's in the cargo hold. There's dozens of 10-pound bags of Mr. Twisty's Twisted Cheese Curls. They are hoarding these things. And he puts his head down on that bag, and he hears this voice. You are powerful and attractive. What? Who's that? You do not run from your problems, but confront them face to face. Ah, the bag! It speaks! It speaks! <laughs> Me too, Jonah. <laughs> and like, guys, it's a teeny tiny little caterpillar <laughs> hiding in the bag of cheese curls. What are you? Oh, me? Oh, my name is Khalil. I am a caterpillar. Well, that is only half true. My mother was a caterpillar. My father was a worm. But I am okay with that now. It's Khalil, the Middle Eastern caterpillar. Voiced by a white man. Stop that! I'm sorry, Tim Hedge. You could have, we could have, we could have done things differently. Yeah, I'm not here for a white man doing an impression of a Middle Eastern man. I do love Khalil. I do. Khalil is a deer. I just wish he wasn't voiced by a white man. Khalil is a caterpillar. He's only a half caterpillar, though. His father was a worm. And he's okay with that. (laughs) But not only that. He's a small business operator. He's going to Tarshish to sell his Persian rugs. Because it's not doing so hot in the Levin. <laughs> and you know a way that he keeps himself up, that keeps his personality going? He listens to motivational tapes. There are motivational tapes in ancient Israel? <laughs> that was the little voice we heard inside the bag. He has early millennium headphones. <laughs> you are a go-getter. <laughs> no, wait, wait. He puts those headphones on and it goes... I am a skilled metal worker. Ah, I did not know that. Khalil is very proud of his family. There are many age-old virtues that run deep within his family. Here are some of them. (laughs) Insight, crime fighting, technical competency, digestion, and patience. (laughs) Which he says sporadically throughout the movie. That runs deep in my family. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where recording runs deep in our family. It does. You know, he realizes, hold on, you're Jonah, (laughs) the most famous prophet in the world. You know me? Of course. Guys, he's got Jonah merch. (laughs) He's got a plush toy of Jonah. He's got Jonah towels. I can't. I can't. He's like, oh my God, dude, I'm coming to Tarshish with you. You're going to spread the good word and I'll sell your merch. Yeah, for real. We're going to be a team. You are my new traveling buddy. Oh, no. I I can't. I can't with any of this. Khalil is hyping Jonah up and Jonah's getting uncomfortable because he's running away from God's word. And Khalil has his own headcanon about Jonah's predicament, too. Would you please play it? There is a woman in Nineveh, is there not? A beautiful young asparagus? She is waiting there for you, no? Um, no. You were promised to be married, but your job is now in the way. The woman's father is the head of an international ring of camel thieves. This very day, you set sail for Tarshish to deliver a message that will break the back of the camel thieves, but in the process will break the heart of the woman you love. Big kicking and streaming energy. Indeed, indeed. I agree. <laughs> oh my god. So, um, <laughs> there's this weird fever dream that Jonah has. Um, we're in purgatory, <laughs> and it's spooky. Everyone is um dead faced, dead eyed, and like Jonah's running. He's running from the Lord. Jonah, 
Jonah! I can't. I, I hear that in my nightmares. <laughs> I, I absolutely cannot deal with that. But we wake up and there's a storm. And Paw Grape is trying to get his attention because he's never seen anything like this before in his life. Oh no, it's all hands on deck. The water is coming in. On the deck. It, the ship is swaying back and forth. And Larry and Mr. Lunt are sliding back and forth at a table, playing Go Fish in the middle of a crisis. And, like, Paw Grape comes up on the deck with Jonah and Khalil. Somebody up there is really upset with somebody down here. And it ain't gonna let up until we know who that somebody is. It could be any one of us. I have my suspicions. But we won't know for sure until we figure it out scientifically. All right, men, go fish! Loser takes a swim! The thunderclap? <laughs> I cannot! Oh my god! Got any bass? Yeah. <laughs> it's, here's the thing! Here's the thing! It's really, really funny to watch them play cards because they don't have hands! Exactly. Larry slyly picking a card up off the table, but it's no hands, so it just <laughs> elegantly floats to his side. <laughs> and then, guess what? Jonah's the one with a card left in his hand at the end of all of it, and he finally fesses up. It's my fault! And he, ex- he explains himself to all of them. So I ran! I ran and I ended up here and now everyone's in terrible danger all because of me i'm afraid the only thing left is to be thrown into the sea Ah, you don't have to do that we got a plank you can just walk off kicks the side of the ship and a plank juts out you can just walk off <laughs> i cannot i absolutely cannot the duck floating tube and the flower bath cap. Oh my god, they have put a bath cap <laughs> on Jonah's uh, asparagus stalk, and he's got like an inner tube that's a ducky. They're praying for his safe passage among the stormy waters. They really are! My favorite is the P.S. Oh lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. And keep my ducky safe. Amen. Amen. So now we're walking the plank. It's soon, as soon <laughs> as Jonah jumps off the ship, the world immediately writes itself. Oh, the storm vanishes. Entirely, in a millisecond. The sun comes out. There's not a cloud in the sky. The sea is flat calm. Oh, yeah. I've never seen such, such a, a flat, flat calm. calm. I know. Oh, God. And the- <laughs> Everybody's just staring around like, what the fuck? That was easy. Well, should we pull him back in? Uh, I don't see why not. And then something is touching Jonah under the water. Oh, now we gotta do the Jaws bit, right? The bird's eye view of the ship and the two of them in the water and just the green blob that is way too big to be anything living. Uh Uh-huh. You know? I'm like, oh, God, here we go. It's the whale. The whale is too big. (laughs) And, like, they throw him a life preserver, but the (laughs) whale has already got its sights on Jonah. The whale's mouth rising on either side of Jonah, like the jaws coming out of the sea. (laughs) 
it's got a pretty full set of teeth, too. Yeah. Which I didn't think whales had teeth like that. They do. I thought they were just bristles. <laughs> I mean, they are. The actual whale teeth are more like bristles. But yeah, you're right. This whale has a full mouth of teeth. <laughs> the whale swallows Jonah whole. But guess what? <laughs> The life preserver is not quite detached from the ship. No, so now the ship is tethered, and the when the whale takes off, the ship starts moving. <laughs> and, like, you know, they've got cannons on this ship, but they don't have any ammo. Exactly. Because they don't do anything, right? So they use the bowling equipment. <laughs> like a cannonball! Oh, my God. They load the bowling ball into the cannon, and here's the thing. The bowling ball they use... Khalil's hiding out in it. He's drinking, he's having a cup of tea. <laughs> I love that He's so having much. a cup of tea in the bowling ball. They load that bowling ball into the cannon <laughs> and he pops out of the hole. Hello? Fire free! I'm coming, traveling buddy! <laughs> he's so cute. He is. I love him. And like the whale jumps up and swallows the bowling ball too. And then, like, the whale disappears, the ship tether breaks, and all that you see is his floaty come up to the surface. Here's the thing. Larry asked God to spare the floaty, and he did. Oh, my God, he sure did! (laughs) Ask and you shall receive! (laughs) Carrie, that detail. I've never noticed that before. Thank you for pointing it out. You're welcome. That's amazing. That that look on Larry's face means so much more to me now. (laughs) It's the power of God. Okay. Here we go. Oh, we are in the belly of the whale. Jonah is surrounded by ships and debris, and it's looking pretty bleak. And then, you know, he's sitting there looking desolate and depressed and sad. And that bowling ball comes rolling up to him. (laughs) And then Khalil pops out. I love this so much. Khalil pops out and goes, it's me. (laughs) And the way the way Jonah rolls his eyes and goes, Oh my. <laughs> like, he's like, not this. No, Khalil. I love Khalil. Khalil is literally in the worst spot he could possibly be, right? Khalil is the Dory to Jonah's Marlin. Look around you. We're inside a whale. We're going to be digested. Do you know what that means? Of course I do. Digestion runs very deep in my family. I'm just trying to have a positive outlook, you know. You know the difference between you and me is that you see the whale as half empty, but I see the whale as half full. Like, Khalil literally says, I see the whale as half full. (laughs) Which is exactly what Dory says. I see the whale as half full. (laughs) And I, I love Khalil. Being the optimist, Jonah says he disobeyed God, and now they're getting what they deserve. Kind of like how Junior thinks Laura's getting what she deserves, right? I think it's very different. Of but course yeah, it's different. But like, but like it's meant to be used as a teaching tool for Laura and Junior. Well, they need to make it better. They need to make it a better teaching tool. <laughs> He's like, you know, I'm getting what I deserve. I'm like kind of like the Ninevites, right, Jonah? I ran the other way. Uh, I've done something terrible and now I'm getting what I deserve. Uh. I'm going to die here in this whale. There's nothing better when you're feeling low than a little black gospel. Have you ever seen anything so pathetic? Mm -mm. This boy needs some help. What? Who's there? Take it easy, Jonah. We're on your side. 
Okay, we have to talk about this for a second. Guys, this is our favorite part of the movie, but at the same time... There's some cringe about it. Because guys, if you've been to Bible school, you know that God plucks him from the belly of the whale. Indeed. And this is the beginning of that. We literally have angels showing up in the belly of the whale. Indeed. And guys... All of the principal angels are black. They're, they're black, guys. They have afros. Their lips are animated to be a bit bigger that's, than any other veggie. That's not okay. What did I say to you before we turned the mic on? I know. Name another veggie. That has lips that big. That has lips. And Madame Blueberry's like the only one. I know. It, it's not okay, guys. I, uh... And like this I, still slaps though. I'm sorry. I'm still jamming. Yeah, this is the song called Second Chances, right? And it starts off so slow, so big gospel. You're feeling pretty blue. You didn't do what God requested. Oh. Yeah, I'll be moving too. Ooh, the piano riffs and everything. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's getting me in the mood. And then, guys, this song goes from zero to a million. Because what, Carrie? You see, God's got a mercy. God's got a love. Keep it going. Keep it going. This is exactly how I felt when we watched Color Purple. I know. When God's trying to tell you something comes on. Like, I just, don't you want to believe? Yeah. Again, guys, all the movies we're doing this month, they have moments where you just want to believe. Yeah, you just desperately want to believe in something bigger than yourself. The angels are here to say, hey, man, it's going to be okay. If you just apologize for the shitty thing you did, God will give you a second chance. Let's all just vibe in the belly of the whale, you know? Like, like talk about redeeming ourselves and being better people. When the song's petering out, the two fishermen that are fishing in the middle of the ocean and you can hear, like, it's a car passing by with all the windows rolled up and the music's blaring. If you believe God's love is true, then you should know what you should do. If you, if you believe God's love is true, it's true, then you After three days, the whale is looking mighty upset to his tummy. <laughs> and he belches both of them at a velocity that is improbable. The way they hit the beach. <laughs> That's so funny. That foley when they slap against the sand. And also, God also sent Jonah Reginald. The camel! The camel is just here for no reason! I know! <laughs> and now the camel is carrying them to Nineveh. Oh, to finally yeah. deliver God's word to the Ninevites. Because Jonah promised, if you get me out of this whale, I will go to Nineveh. <laughs> the signs he's passing through the desert. Nineveh, home of Mr. Twisty. <laughs> Nineveh, you're welcome. Then it blows, the wind blows on it, and it goes, to leave. <laughs> 
No, you know what my favorite bit is? Mm. When he's getting close and he's going through that ravine and this guy is running in the opposite direction. He's an Israelite. Yeah, he is. Turn back. Turn back. The slapping. The slapping. Turn back. Turn back. Turn back. So this is going to go great, right? Listen, when we get the Nineveh reveal... I'm sorry. Nineveh looks cool as fuck. It does, because it's kind of in like this big bowl rock formation. Yeah. With it's like all spiky. Don't you want to go party in Nineveh? (laughs) I mean, a little bit. Like, uh, don't you just want to go lose all of your money in Nineveh? (laughs) Not if I'm going to get slapped with a trout. No, I don't. Uh, What is the Nineveh of the United States? Atlantic City. Maybe Washington. (laughs) There's a lot of Ninevehs in the United States. (laughs) Yeah, there sure are. (laughs) So... I wrote, I'm sorry, Nineveh looks cool as fuck. I'm going in. (laughs) Go in, give the message, get out. Oh, I love this. Go in, give the message, get out. He's walking up to the the gates. Go in, give the message, get out. He can't be more pissed that he's here. Go in, give the message, get out. Go in, give the message, get out. Who goes there? Yes, uh, my name is Jonah, and I'm a prophet from... You're not from here, are you? Uh, no, uh, you see, I'm from... How am I a stranger, wouldn't it? This is where we're introduced to the guards of Nineveh, who are, wait for it, British peas. <laughs> not French peas. British peas. Guys, their noses are even enlarged. Aww. To make them more Britannic. Aww. I think this is a huge, like, commentary on the warring between Britain and France. Oh, really? I think it has something to do with that. <laughs> you think VeggieTales is capable of that kind of sociopolitical joke? Why else would they... Why else would they make the peas British <laughs> as the know. guards to Nineveh? I don't know. Anyway... So the pirates are magically here, (laughs) like waiting at the gates for them with Mr. Twisty's Twisted Cheese Curl hats on. Here's the thing, guys. They took all of Jonah's money and bought 1,458 bags of Mr. Twisty's Twisted Cheese Curls. They're the main stockholders. (laughs) Literally the main stockholders. Remember, they're trying to win this Willy Wonka type contest. Yeah, because there's a golden ticket in a bag of Mr. Twisties. And you'll never guess what we found in bag 497. The golden ticket. We won the Mr. Twisties Twisted Cheese Curl sweepstakes. Uh-huh. And the prize was? Uh-huh. But in addition to our enviably fashionable headgear, we also got a tour of the Mr. Twisty's factory right here in Nineveh. The pirates get Jonah into Nineveh. Yeah, they do. But, like, immediately we're witnessing the horribleness of the Ninevites. Yeah, everybody's slapping each other with fishes. Instead of, you know, because we can't animate people pillaging each other and thieving. Not if we're vegetables, Ross. No, not if we're vegetables. And we're not here for 30 seconds before everyone is being arrested for stealing cheese curls. Listen, Larry thought they were free samples. I know. They were in a they were in a giant bowl in the middle of the public. I feel bad for him. I love it when they're getting taken in and Jonah's like, "Wait a minute. You can't do that." I'm sorry. Are you with these men? Well, uh yes, I, I suppose. Hello. What are you doing? and get slapped out with a fish, lights out. (laughs) He wakes up in the, 
I, is this like the town square? I don't know. It's like an arena or like a coliseum or something. And what he is noticing is that um, him and all of the pirates are tied to these gigantic posts with gigantic wooden fish tethered above them that, when cut free, will slap them to death. They're being executed for stealing, Ross! They were in a gigantic bowl. Very misleading. <laughs> People of Nineveh, these four men and that small whatever it is... I am a caterpillar. Well, that is only half true. ...have been found guilty of high fever against the royal city of Nineveh. For their punishment... The slap of no return! <laughs> and here's the thing, guys. The Ninevites do a demonstration. They bring out this pumpkin. And I have one question. Who did that pumpkin used to be? Yeah, exactly. Why isn't it alive? Because this is exact. This is like when I'm like, why can Pluto not talk but Goofy can? Yeah, why is this pumpkin not alive? Is it a dead body? Yeah, like, is this the dead carcass of a vegetable that used to be alive and have things floating at its side? And like, but they've drawn a smiley face on it. Did this pumpkin sin too much and lose the Lord's power to be animated? I like demand answers. They take snack food so seriously in Nineveh. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I'll oh, tell you why. Here's, oh, man. Here we go. Here I we fucking go. I love this. So as it turns out, Nineveh, you want to know why they're all, you know, pillagers and thieves? Because they're run by an evil capitalist corporation. Oh, no. King Twistema. <laughs> this is the big gourd, right? The king of Nineveh, Apollo Gourd. Is Mr. Twisty himself. Oh, no. Okay, okay. Imagine if Chester Cheeto was president <laughs> of the United States. <laughs> That's what we're dealing with. Like, I, 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 uh... <laughs> Sorry. He's literally on skip. It, it, it's the fascist <laughs> capitalism for me. I just, I can't. It's Mr. Twisty. Well, that explains it. He looks happier on the bag. Like, if we were in a real-life situation, let's say you, me, and Gavin were in this situation, about to be slapped okay. into no return. Uh-huh. Gavin would definitely have said that. <laughs> yes, he would have. He looks happier on the back. <laughs> trying to lighten the mood. <laughs> Jonah is trying to get out of his execution. Uh, yeah, this is the downward, this is the beginning of the downhill slide for me with Jonah. Oh, this yeah. This is where I begin to hate Jonah. Because he says, like, listen, I could not possibly have stolen cheese curls because while they were on the tour, I was in the belly of a whale. And I love how everyone just kind of gets super interested in that. Oh, everybody goes quiet. Because what, what is the one thing they love to do in Nineveh? Slap people with fishes. They worship mighty aquatic animals. Maybe this whale in particular, right? Indeed. I mean, if oh my god, was that whale their god? Yes, I think it was. Oh my god. Asparagus, here in Nineveh we bow to the great fish. We celebrate the great fish in our art. Yes, I noticed. If what you are saying is true. Yes, how do we know if he's telling the truth, sire? Smell him. Your Highness? Smell him. Twistimer demands that the guard smell Jonah for proof that he was in the belly of this whale. And that guard goes immediately faint. 
They know he's for real. King Twisty is like, we must hear this message. Stop it! Stop cheating! Stop lying! And especially stop slapping people with fishes! Or this entire city will be destroyed! A message from the Lord. I've never seen anything go so right so quickly. <laughs> Tell me about it. Because the Ninevites literally just accept this wholeheartedly into their hearts and minds. Because they think of it as the message coming from the great fish initially, right? And then a paw grape and voice over. They didn't know they were supposed to act like that. Okay, uh-uh. So the capitalist is going to claim ignorance and be forgiven? Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds about right. He's smacking the table. <laughs> I know, you're so mad. Try not to be that mad, bud. Try not to be that mad. It's okay. <laughs> they need to impeach Twistimer <laughs> and elect God president. Stop it! Which is what they, not what they do, but like, you know, like, and just like that, everyone decided to be nice. Oh. Everyone decided to be better in exchange for a second chance. I actually do love this. A decree from the king. Let everyone call urgently to God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Perhaps the God that brought this man out of the great fish will give us a second chance. Don't you fucking wish humanity worked like that? I do. Don't you wish we could all just decide to be better human beings and give <laughs> ourselves a second chance? But no, we are going to be in the belly of this whale for the next fucking 30 years. I can feel your blood pressure rising I'm from over here. Sorry. <laughs> I know, honey. I know. It's frustrating. Uh, listen, I personally would also love to see the Ninevites get what they deserve. But like, that's not the message here, Ross. And that's not the way to be, right? You need to have compassion and mercy for people to move forward. Forward. And like the Ninevites reform, and the only person who's not excited about this is Jonah. Jonah is inexplicably smug on his way out of town. Oh, the way when they get to the gate and him and the pirates just part, no goodbye, no nothing. They just walk away from each other. Yeah. And then Jonah climbs to a peak with Reginald and Khalil. He gets himself sat down on the edge of that cliff and is waiting. For God to wipe Nineveh off the face of the earth. I love Khalil. I love him so much because he's just sitting there with him in the silence. What are we doing? Oh, it's time to watch the fun. And what fun would that be? Well, I did what I was supposed to do. I warned them that they were going to get in big trouble. So now that they've had their warning, it's time to watch God wipe them off the face of the earth. <laughs> they are waiting for God to smite Nineveh, but it never happens. Because God's like, listen, I sent you to do a job. You did the job and it has my desired result. Yeah, they wait out there under the hot sun all day waiting for this town to just get smote. And God's like, huh, he's serious. Yeah. I'm going to grow a little tree so he doesn't die from heat stroke. And this is exactly the same way it happens in the Bible. He sits under that tree until it breaks, and then he throws a temper tantrum and whines about it. It was just a weed. Just a weed? It, it was my shade. It was my friend. Oh, dear Lord, how could you let this happen? <laughs> and here's the thing. 
I had to look this up in the book of Jonah. Because this was a piss poor ending in your opinion? I had to make sure that this was actually what happened in the ending. And it is, isn't it? It is, guys. In the book of Jonah. But here, it's Khalil that takes his inventory and not God like it is in the Bible. Yeah, Khalil literally has to say to him, listen, God loves everyone. Not just you. Oh my god! Why are you here now instead of back in the belly of that whale? Because God is compassionate. He wanted to help you. And because he is merciful, he gave you a second chance. Oh yes, and I'm very grateful. Has it ever occurred to you that maybe God loves everybody, not just you? Khalil's like, the world doesn't need more people that are big and important. They need more people that are nice. And merciful and compassionate. Jonah is so mad. If people like them get a second chance, then I might as well be dead. Which is the viewpoint of every toxic Christian I've ever come across in my entire life. Yeah. Reginald and Khalil peace out. Yeah, they do. Khalil and Reginald just leave him there, whining in the dirt by himself. You can't just leave. Can and am. Who will I talk to? You can't just leave me here all alone. Hello? Carlisle? Reginald? Carlisle? Khalil? Khalil? He's still saying his name wrong. Oh, that, see, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. Jonah never pronounces his name correctly, and it pisses me off. Carlisle... <laughs> Wow, it really does piss you off. It does. It makes me mad. His name's Khalil. It's not difficult. Guys, that's how the story ends. At least the biblical part. And like Junior and Laura and everybody who's come to sit down at this booth is like, wait a minute. It's over? Yep. That's how it ends? Yep. But what did Jonah learn? The question, my friends, is not what did Jonah learn. The question is, what did you learn? Oh, God, don't point at me. (laughs) Well, he's not really pointing at me, is he? He is pointing at you, Ross. We just can't see it. No, he is pointing at you because you think Laura got what she deserved. Oh, yeah, for being a fucking gloaty little... (laughs) Ross! Just saying, you're right. But it's in these moments that we need to find mercy and compassion. Junior should be having a little bit more compassion for Laura, a little bit more mercy for her bad behavior. Er, Bob should have more mercy for Dad Asparagus and being a better co-pilot. Yeah. Or being a bad co-pilot, I mean. Here's the thing. I actually do kind of love that they fold in Bob being mad at Junior's dad because it's like the creators are directly pointing at the adults who have brought their kids to this movie, saying, you're not perfect either, folks. That's a, yep, that's exactly right. You can stand to learn from this as well. You know, that still wasn't a very good way to end a story. Well, what do you want? A big musical number? Well, yeah. Who do they think I am? Twipple? Yes. <laughs> Guys, Archibald Asparagus is back as Twippo. <laughs> like the pop children's star they were going to see. The star-shaped monocle. Oh, the star-shaped monocle's iconic. He's giving he's giving Elton 
Yeah, he is. You know is. what I mean? He's like... giving big Elton John vibes. <laughs> and like, here's the thing. Of course, because Deus Ex Twippo. Yes. He immediately offers them a ride to the concert in his tour bus. Exactly. The kids are not going to have to miss the concert after all, except for Laura, who doesn't have a ticket, remember? Yeah. And Junior. Junior? God love him. Laura, you can have my ticket. But Junior, it was my fault. Why, that was a very merciful thing to do. Listen, I'm glad he made up with his little girlfriend, but like... (laughs) But she still didn't apologize? No, here's the thing. She said it was her fault, but that doesn't mean she apologized. I know, but Junior had compassion, mercy, and grace, I might say. Yes. To extend that to her, even after she treated him so terribly. And here's the thing. Inspired by his generosity, Twippo gives everyone backstage passes. Hell yes! And, like, I love this. I love this so much. Twippo goes, Speaking of mercy, have any of you heard the story of a man named Jonah? Yes. Oh, uh, well, uh. Twippo, you're a little late to the show, man. We did this bit already. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, guys, he's like, Would you like to hear a song about it? How is there enough room in this restaurant? Oh, I know. For this musical number. Yeah, for this full-fledged musical number. When all those lights come up and everyone is uncomfortable because no one can see anything. (laughs) And, like, this song starts off, like, a slow little acoustic strum. very Peter, Paul, and Mary. It is very (laughs) Peter, Paul, and Mary. And then all at once, everything breaks away and we're in the middle of a huge Broadway number. The orchestrations, baby. Oh, my God! Did you get it out of your system? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Jonah was a prophet. Ooh, ooh. But he really never got it. Sad but true. If you're watching, you can spot it. A doodly-doo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been holding in this whole episode. <laughs> Every time I've said, I'm going to say it, Jonah was a prophet. <laughs> and then I wasn't allowed to respond. Ooh, ooh. And guys, I just love this. Archibald is in like, the rarest form is Twippo. Oh, I know. I, I love him so much. He's doing his best Broadway queen. Indeed. With the lights, the, the changing colored spotlights. I know. They keep going over him. Compassion and mercy from me to you and you to me. Exactly what God wants to see. And yes, that is the point. It's basically just a review of the whole movie, right? Yes. Like, just to make sure the kiddos got it. Jonah fucked up. He had no mercy or compassion in his heart, and he ended up bitter and alone. Exactly. And like, guys, obviously, it's important to have boundaries. It's important to, you know, enforce those boundaries, but like, don't let them make you unnecessarily lose people. I'm glad we relearned some things this week. We did relearn some things this week. Because, you know, week. we get very bogged down about the world and about how people sometimes treat us individually, and it's easy to lose sight of how you should be treating people regardless of how you are treated. 
and it's easy to kind of let compassion go out the door and only focus on the bad. But I'm glad that I got to relearn some things this week by watching this that, you know, people can be, you know, forgiven with a little bit of compassion and mercy for their um, uh, evil or just ill-mannered intentions, you know. Remember what Oprah said, I am not defined by any one event. I am defined by how I treat others. Oprah, my deity. (laughs) Nothing but respect for my deity. (laughs) I believe in Oprah Winfrey and the power of the media. Oh, Oh, no. I'm kidding. No, that's not my faith. I'm kidding. Oprah was a prophet. Ooh, ooh. (laughs) And she really always got it. (laughs) Do, do, do. Compassion and mercy from me to you and you to me. Exactly what God wants to see. And yes, that is the point. Guys, we can't forget about one more thing before we go out. It's Khalil! <laughs> Khalil, the Toe Man Caterpillar! <laughs> I hate to break up the party, but who needed a toe? Ah, uh, have we met? Khalil just smiles into the camera. This show's so meta. I love it so much. Oh, my God. And then Belly of the Whale oh, by yeah. the Newsboys. We get the credit sequence. I'm sleeping with fishes here in the belly of the whale. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's a great song. Guys, that's it. Oh, I know. I'm kind of sad that's over. I am kind of sad. Oh, but you know what? We got more Bible stories coming. Guys, oh, we're going to be talking about Genesis next week and in the most gay way possible. <laughs> Guys, have you ever heard on this show, maybe we've mentioned him once or twice, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber? <laughs> God. You might be surprised, but he loves God. Uh, yeah. And he showed us how by telling the story of Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which we are covering next week. Ross's arm flapping. This is the 1999 filmed version. Yes, this is the version with Donny Osmond. And Joan Collins and Richard Attenborough and Ian McNeese and Alex Jennings and Christopher Biggins and Robert Torty. Oh my God. Oh my God. We haven't talked about Robert Torty in literal years. Since she's the man. Yeah, I know. I can't wait for that to come back. Oh, I can't. Oh my God. Look out for that next week, guys. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and not an ampersand. And while you guys are rating, reviewing, and retweeting, please don't forget to go check out our Patreon. At the $5 level, you can subscribe and you can get access to our television coverage, our bonus episodes, we resurrected outtakes. Sometimes we may go outside of the timeline, who knows? It's a lot of fun over there right now, guys. All of our long-form content, you're gonna love it. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry God. God.